Welcome to the Walder Sportscast with your host, Chris Walder. Welcome everyone to episode 39. It's the Greg Ostertag of the Walder Sportscast. I'm your host, Chris Walder. Catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports and go leave this show a rating and review when you're done here. Tell your friends, tell your followers, help support the podcast. So I've been teasing in previous episodes that I had a cool announcement in store, and today I could finally roll with it. I may even have a fun how it started tweet to coincide with this, but up until this point, the podcast has not had a sponsorship. I've had some close deals, but no dice. But today, that all changes, my friends. Everything is finally coming together, because support for the Walder Sportscast is brought to you by Manscaped, the absolute best when it comes to below-the-belt grooming for men. Go balls to the Walder with the Walder Sportscast and Manscaped. And my friends over at Manscaped have just released their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, best name ever for a shaver, by the way, which features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and hey, they happen more often than you realize, especially for a klutz like me, thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. And I, your good pal Chris Walder, host of the Walder Sportscast, the very show you're listening to right now, want you to save some money. Who doesn't like saving money these days, am I right? So with this exclusive offer, you will receive 20% off your purchase with free worldwide shipping when you use the code WALDER, W-A-L-D-E-R, at manscaped.com. I'm fortunate enough to have been one of the first people to try out the Lawnmower 4.0, Grooming is key for all men out there, of course, and let me tell you, it really doesn't get much better than this shaver. We're talking a multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. We're talking 4000K LED light for precise shaves. We've even got a wireless charging with electromagnetic induction so the battery doesn't even die out on you nearly as quickly. My cell phone doesn't even have that. You need guard links? There's multiple sizes for that as well. Rule number one when it comes to shaving, guys, never use the same shaver on your face and your general two kernels, okay? Hygiene 101. Eliminate that problem altogether with Manscaped and the Lawnmower 4.0. So get 20% off and free shipping. That's free shipping with the code WALDER, W-A-L-D as in dog, E-R, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com by using code WALDER. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. On to today's show, though, I'll be joined by Sandra Apia, better known to Raptors Twitter as Sandy from the Dishes and Dimes Basketball Podcast. I'm running the gauntlet of hosts from that show, and I think Sandra is a fantastic follow. She knows her basketball, and she's the creator of that podcast, so I'm excited to get to chat with her about the genesis of that show and get her thoughts on some big NBA and Raptors stories these days. But before I bring Sandra on, I must encourage you to check out my last show when I had on Shemroy Parkinson from KISS 92.5 and Breakfast Television as well. I say this a lot because it rings true quite often, but Shemroy was truly one of my favorite interviews. A very insightful guy, extremely well-spoken, no matter if we were discussing the Derek Chauvin trial or something far less significant like The Bachelor. I always appreciate his takes and I highly recommend you give that interview a listen because you'll definitely learn a lot. With all that being said, though, sponsorship ads, shoutouts, and all, Sandra Pia will be with me after this quick break. So keep it locked.
Joining me now is Sandra Apia, the brainchild behind the popular Dishes and Dimes basketball podcast, who you can follow on Twitter at Sandy Side Up. Sandra, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I'm so happy I was finally able to get in touch with you because I've had Noor, Amon, and Yasmin on in the past. And I think it was back in January when I first reached out to you. So this was definitely worth the wait. And I remember, too, that you tweeted back in January that occasionally you have anxiety from doing your own podcast and that kind of deters you from doing guest spots on other shows. Is that a battle you still face to this day or have you grown more comfortable by getting your feet wet doing more episodes? I mean, it's gotten better. It's been about a, <laughs> like a year. Um, so, you know, I've gotten better with uh, speaking on pods and, and not being uh, super nervous when I'm speaking. Um, I have a habit of like questioning if I'm, you know, if my opinion sounds smart. Right. So, you know, if you have that feeling on your own pod, you you can imagine being on somebody else's pod that you you definitely don't want to say anything that that sounds ridiculous. So I've gotten better, um, and I appreciate you being so patient with me. Are you someone who goes back to to listen to your podcast and just overanalyze every little thing that you say and how you say it? I used to do that. And I realize it's not good for my mental health. So <laughs> I definitely avoid that now. You know, like once it's gone, it's once I've posted it, it's, you know, it's out there and it has nothing to do with me. So, well, <laughs> well it was it was on November 16th, 2019, Sandra, when you tweeted, quote, I want a Raptors podcast led by women. I really, really want it, unquote. And obviously the rest is history when it comes to the Dishes and Dimes podcast, but how soon after that tweet did the wheels start turning in your mind when it comes to reaching out to your fellow co-hosts and building off of your idea? It was a couple of days. It might have been two two or three days. I I didn't initially I had no intention of being part of it. I'm more of a background person. I didn't really I wasn't completely confident in my uh, Raptor opinions uh, to be on a podcast. So I thought more so that I would just reach out to people that I really admired and uh, see if maybe they would get together and do it so I could listen to it. And then my friend is like, my friend, um, I remember telling her that I put out this tweet and people were super excited and she's like, are you stupid? Like, could you <laughs> just, like why would you give up the idea? You have your own opinions. Um, so you should be part of it. And so I reached out to I was very intentional about, intentional about who I reached out to. I reached out to people who are funny. Um, people who have their own platforms, who probably would have had their own podcast if I didn't reach out to them at the right. time that I did. Um, and it came together pretty, pretty beautifully. Well, a massive congratulations to you and the rest of your team for recently being granted media access for the mm -hmm. Toronto Raptors, which is awesome. It's definitely a fresh air for Raptors fans like myself because it means more diversity, more women in the media, more fresh takes and questions. Was this a goal of yours when Dishes and Dimes first started, or did you ever envision the podcast essentially opening doors quite like this for you? No. <laughs> I thought five <laughs> people would listen to the podcast. Like the five people that I tweet um, would be like, yeah, I listened to it. It's cool. Um, and then it would fall off after a couple of months. I never envisioned that we'd get credentialed it, ever, ever, ever. And I'm so, I'm so grateful that we've had the opportunity. Um, it's been a crazy ride. <laughs> it's been a crazy <laughs> ride. You could not have told me when we started that this is where we would be now. 
Does the fan in you ever take over? Because I've seen some of the interviews your team has done in the past. I mean, you had Jose Calderon Mm -hmm. for crying out loud on one of your episodes. Does it ever dawn on you when you're sitting there in those moments talking to players who have been in the NBA that, my God, this is something that I've built from the ground up and now I get to do something as cool as this? Yeah, Jose was the moment where I was like, this is, I feel like I'm in an alternate universe. Like, (laughs) this does it. (laughs) He's like laughing with us. He has all these stories. Like, this is, this is like fake. Um, And no, it was definitely real. Uh, And it, it was kind of that moment where I was just like, wow, this is a lot bigger than I could have ever envisioned this. All I wanted was a platform for women on on Raptors Twitter to be able to comfortably have their opinion and and, um, speak their minds and and not be overshadowed. Um, And so for it to turn into us talking to Calderon was just a dream come true. Does it ever dawn on you the impact? that your podcast has on up-and-coming women in the industry, because I've brought this up in the past on the show as well. We're seeing more and more people take unconventional routes to get into sports media. It's no longer just going to school, getting a broadcast journalism degree. It's people creating content, building up followings, gaining traction on social media, building up these fan bases. And with Dishes and Dimes, it's cool because we've all kind of seen it from its infancy and then blow up into this top basketball podcast. And the cooler thing is, is that it's an all-female cast. What does that mean yeah. to you personally as the creator of the show? It means so much to me. I think, again, like, I've had women message me and tell me, you know, I wasn't, I'm not, like, a big basketball fan. I, I you know, I watch it with my boyfriend on occasion. Um, and then I, you know, uh, somebody told me about your podcast. I started listening, and I think it's amazing it's great it's made me interested in the sport and that's all we wanted is to to have a safe space for women to you know love the sport just as much as the their male counterpart to not feel like they have to prove their fandom that's all we wanted all everything else that's happened is the cherry the, the cherry on top and so in terms of impact i just hope that we're able to continue to encourage women who want to be in these spaces to create their own content Mm -hmm. um create their own brands um don't let don't you don't have to do things the traditional way if you don't want to it is hard i'm not going to say it's been you know easy peasy you you definitely um do struggle and um having credentials whether it be school does make things a little bit easier for you but the option if you don't want to go the traditional route is there for you and you can be successful so if there's any woman here that wants to be um, in this industry, go for it, go for it. We had no idea what we were doing. And <laughs> a year later, um, we're, we're in pressers, you know, talking to um, Nick Nurse, right? So mm-hmm. I, I really do want to encourage anybody who's listening who wants to do this to just just go for it, sis. You can do it. <laughs> what would you say <laughs> is the next step for Dishes and Dimes then? Do you girls have any big plans on the horizon? Is it world domination? Are you going to be taking over inside the NBA anytime soon? You know what? I <laughs> Never say never. I highly <laughs> doubt it, but never say never. Um, well, I, what I will say is that we are looking forward to Summer League. Um, it's many of our first times. Um, yes. So we're going to pop the cherry there. And then, I, I don't know. We're just kind of trying to build... Our, our brand um, and trying to get ourselves out there. I think we kind of have Twitter un- under control. So we're trying <laughs> to see what we could do on TikTok and, and other 
platforms and as things open up hopefully we get more opportunities to meet with listeners and mm-hmm. and connect with the people who've really just built this up it's not it's not our thing it's it's their thing like we wouldn't be anywhere without the, the people who are writing for us so we super appreciate it and uh, we'll see what happens certainly have a fan and supporter in me sandy i i think it's awesome what you guys are doing and it's only going to get bigger and better moving forward but you're on the podcast you're on the walter sportscast and now we have to talk some basketball which i'm excited mm-hmm. to get into and the first thing that i want to ask you about sandy is the play-in tournament we're, we're recording this on thursday may the 6th and Teams like the Lakers and the Celtics are barely staying afloat right now and avoiding the play-in altogether. And we had those comments from LeBron James recently saying, whoever came up with the format needs to be fired. And I looked through your Twitter account. I wasn't spying too hard, but that's what I use for a lot of my research. And you had this tweet earlier this month saying, quote, the play-in is fire. I hope the NBA doesn't listen to these bitter-ass players playing on these shitty-ass teams, unquote. If you were to go face-to-face with LeBron James or any haters of this play-in format, what would you say to them personally? It makes the it makes the end of the season interesting. I don't yes. want to see the last 15 games, like teams just kind of like just loafing around waiting for the playoffs. Like what's the point of the last 15 games of the season if we know that the teams that are already locked in are locked in to play? Um, they're locked into their spots. Some of them don't want to move up or down, um, depending on the matchup that they're they're looking to to face in the first round. Um, and so, you know, and the ones that are tanking are intentionally tanking at this point. You know, they have nothing to necessarily fight for. Um, this ensures that you know there's a little bit of fight, right? If there's a chance for you to get into the plan and to get into the playoffs it's great for develop development of your young your young um, players um get them that experience that they may need and you know it's great in terms of you know the culture of any given team to to fight through you know being a lower seed getting into the play-in and then getting into the playoffs i think it's great for the players and it's great great for the fans so that's what i would say with that would you say it's almost unfair for like the seventh seed, for example, because at least they're pretty securely in the playoffs at that point. Maybe it should right. just go for the eighth seed, ninth seed, tenth seed, and, and and so on. Right now, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers, as of this recording, are in the sixth seed, but they're barely above the seventh seed at this point. Do you think maybe right. the format should be changed, or is it really, it's still too early in its infancy? So far, so good. I, okay, so like, in terms of the seventh seed, I do think, you know, if you're in the seventh seed, you probably do deserve to be in the playoffs, especially if you're in the West. So I, I completely understand that argument. Um, it is kind of unfair that they have to be in the plan, and maybe the best bet is to have eight, nine, ten fight for spot but if you're in the east and you're (laughs) seven seed (laughs) like the east sucks like figure it out like you know like do better you know um but again i do understand the argument i i i would say probably they could they could tweak things a little bit make sure it's the eight nine ten seed 
um, and, and keep it moving from there. J.A. Adonde had this recent tweet, too, where he said heads would roll in the NBA if teams like the Lakers and the Celtics were eliminated because of the play-in format, which I don't necessarily agree with. But it's kind of a testament to how high the big markets are held in media circles, at the very least, Sandy. So I ask you, does the NBA playoffs need teams like the Lakers, like the Celtics, to be captivating television or... Is this just a gross over-exaggeration being made by Adonde? I feel, okay, so I feel two ways about it, right? I think it's actually really great for the NBA because it makes everybody more competitive earlier in the season because everybody's jockeying for position, right? right. So there isn't going to be uh, like many games where players are purposely just kind of resting or not taking certain matchups seriously. If you know that you can end up 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, um, and you may not be able to make it into the playoffs when it comes, you know, around Christmas time and things start getting, you know, serious. You're going to start playing a little bit more serious. So I think it's great. I, 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 I think it makes better TV throughout the season, mm-hmm. um, and the matchups are going to be a lot better. On the other side of it, if you have, say, um, Steph and LeBron go against each other in the play-in, and LeBron ends up you know, losing, uh, mm-hmm. that's a superstar. And we know that people literally watch the playoffs to watch LeBron, to watch a Steph. So if one of them are out, that's that's a little bit of a problem. But I think, I also think it's one of those things where the media is going to have to find a way to start acknowledging other markets, right? right. Like if you have this plan and there's an opportunity that LeBron or a Steph is going to be out of the play the playoffs, your best bet is to start celebrating the other superstars that are in the league, the other teams that are in the league. So if something like that were to happen, fans have a base to kind of like be like, okay, well, no, this team has been playing really well throughout the whole season. They may not be a Steph. They may not. They may not have a Steph. They may not have a LeBron. Um, but you know, maybe there's a chance that they could they could win this thing and, and win a championship. So I think a lot of the problem actually is the media strictly focusing on four markets and then being upset that fans only focus on four markets. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my opinion. I don't really, I don't know where I stand on it. Do you think the basketball media is just scared that LeBron James, you know, he doesn't have many years left in the league and there is a, a chance, a slim chance, albeit that the Lakers might not make the playoffs this year. Maybe this is just fear on their part saying this has been our moneymaker for so long. This has yeah. been the face of the league. You know, one of the final years he has going and he doesn't compete in the postseason. That's kind of a dreadful thought for them. It is. <laughs> it is dreadful. <laughs> but I mean, I think part of the problem is that they don't necessarily know who the who's the next chosen one. Right. So once LeBron's gone, it's like, who's going to take that mantle? Is it going to be Luca? Is it going to be Zion? Like, who's who's going to be that person? And because they don't have that sure, like, draw, I think it it, it is anxiety inducing um, for the NBA. I would not want to be in their position right now because LeBron may only have a year or two left um, in him. So, you know, you want you want that playoff run for sure. Well, now for the important question, Sandra. Do you want the Toronto Raptors in the play-in tournament this year? Do they make the play-in? Yeah, would you like them to compete in the play-in? You know, obviously this has uh, been a tumultuous year for the team. I mean, being in the play-in wouldn't be the the most ideal situation. Some people still want them to fade for Cade, maybe blow these last couple of games. I don't know what they're doing against the Washington Wizards currently. We're recording during the basketball game. But would you be upset if they didn't make the play-in tournament? 
I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be upset given everything that's happened this season. I look, <laughs> you guys can't, <laughs> you know, figure it because there's so much that is out of their control as well, right? They can win these games, a couple of these games, but it also depends on the Pacers. It also depends on Washington. Like there's just uh, so, the Wizards. Like there's just so much going on mm-hmm. um, that I can't necessarily be mad that you know they don't make a plan and even if they do make a plan where's the guarantee that they're gonna they're gonna win it and there's still a lot of them are still trying to work their bodies back from COVID it's just is it really worth it I don't know do I think the team wants to make the plan I think you know they're competitive and uh if there's a chance that they can make it I think they they want to but I'm not going to necessarily be upset if they don't well, Toronto is currently 27-39. and 39. We have that game against the Wizards, which may be a make or break in terms of the play-in yeah. tournament. And a lot of fans out there in Raptor Nation are kind of calling this season fake for the team because, you know, being in Tampa Bay, the COVID cases and the injuries, which just depleted the roster. You know, they were 17 and 17 at some at one point. They were a 500 basketball team with high aspirations and everything went south. What's kind of your biggest takeaway from this Raptors season? Are you taking away any positives or is it just going to be one giant blur when it's all said and done? Um the season's fake. <laughs> the season's <laughs> definitely fake. Uh for sure. But I do think that we what I do like about this season is that we've we've gotten to see what our new guys, um, our rookies um, can do, our new pieces can do. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, the future is bright. We, we've seen OG in the last 15 some odd games. He's been spectacular. Um, and that's something that we've been wanting to see now that he has more usage, um, what he will look like. It's, it's looking great. Um, I think Pascal has had a very up and down season. Um, not a, all of it his faults, obviously, right. given uh, the situation that they've been in. Um, but it's been really encouraging to kind of see him, um, you know, how he's passing out of doubles and how he's initiating um, a lot of the plays a lot more. We're just hoping that everything finally comes together for Pascal. But I think there's positives to be taken from the way that he's been playing. Um, and I, I just don't think they're going to look like this next season. So I'm, I'm actually very excited for, for next season. I want them to have an off season. I want them to get some rest, get healthy, and, uh, we'll see you guys in October. (laughs) Well, speaking of Pascal Siakam, do you think he's done enough this season to kind of leave the NBA bubble in the past? Because Raptors fans remember all too clearly the struggles that he had. You know, he was essentially the number one guy at that point, and it left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. Not just Raptors fans, but basketball fans around the association. Do you think you've seen enough from Pascal Siakam over the past several months to be like, hey, this is our guy. This is our number one moving forward. I have. I, I, I think there's a lot of positives with his game. Um, are we going to be a championship contender? I don't necessarily know um, right. as him being the number one option, but I do think that we're going to be a, a good enough team to make the playoffs, to make a, a deep push in the playoffs. And that's all you can really ask given the player that Pascal came into this league to be and what he's turned into. Right. And I think people do forget the context there. Um, Do I think he's done enough to kind of let the bubble go? I don't know. I mean, I think he's played extremely well, especially the last couple of games, you know, he's getting healthy. 
he's starting to get his rhythm back. Mm-hmm. The problem now, I think, in terms of the fan base and how the fan base views views him is, is you know, can he close in the fourth? And I think those questions are still following him from the bubble because this season has been so, like, crazy and he's missed so many of those game winners. God, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if he's been able to kind of get rid of, you know, the Pascal, the bubble Pascal um, cloud that's over his head, unfortunately. Wouldn't it be something if on the very last game of the season, he finally got a buzzer beater to go down or, ju- or just a game winner of any sort? That would be such yeah. a nice feeling to end the season on. Such a, a season that most of us are going to forget. But like you said, Pascal has missed a lot of those clutch bus- baskets down the stretch. And I think that has kind of put a, a red flag around him. Yeah, uh... Yeah, it would be great. I, I want I want that for him. And I think as a Raptors fan, you want you want him to, you know, finally hit that shot that he's been missing yeah. over and over and over again. Um, it would be a great way to kind of tie this season tie this season up. Just let's let's put it in the past <laughs> um, and let's let's look towards the future. Sandra, I do this segment every so often here on the Walder Sportscast. It's a simple concept. It's just likely or unlikely. I'm going to throw some scenarios at you, and you tell me whether they're likely or unlikely, and just give me a short explanation why. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good. Likely or unlikely, Kyle Lowry has played his last game at Scotiabank Arena as a Toronto Raptor. Uh, likely. Likely. I think, I think so. I think so. Uh, I, I think Kyle has proven that he's worth everything the Raptors asked for yes. during the trade, trade deadline. And um, I don't think if you know certain teams do flail out in um, the playoffs, um, they're definitely going to be knocking on his door to see what he see uh, what they can they can do with him. Uh, and I don't think he's going to let that go. So I I do think that he's played his last game as a, a Toronto Raptor. For now, he's going to come back, um, sign the one-day contract, and, you know, and, and <laughs> say goodbye properly. But I think... <laughs> I think he's played his last game as a Raptor. Likely or unlikely, Carmelo Anthony recently entered the top 10 on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Carmelo Anthony is a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny it. Like, his numbers are spectacular. They still hold up. He's one of the greatest scorers the the league has ever seen. You don't, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's automatic. Like, you can't, I don't think there's an argument against it. To be honest. Likely or unlikely, a potential Clippers-Lakers first-round matchup in the playoffs is better than having it deeper in the postseason. Oh, I'm so conflicted with this. Because um, <laughs> it's the Clippers. <laughs> it's the Clippers. Uh, okay, yeah, I want to see them deeper. And the, you know what? Yeah, okay, I want to see them deeper in the playoffs. <laughs> I want to see that matchup deeper in the playoffs. I'm just not super high on the Lakers. So I'm just right. like, they're looking a little shaky and I have a personal like vendetta against the Clippers. So I do not want them to win a championship. I know that's petty. I don't yeah. care. You um, and all of Raptors Twitter. <laughs> I do not. So 
I'm kind of scared that they're going to match up and the Clippers are going to beat them hand- handedly. And, no, <laughs> and likely or unlikely, we'll see more than one all-women's broadcast from the Raptors next season. Absolutely. It has to happen. Like, the broadcast was amazing. I was super excited. It was super fun. Kia Nurse and the whole team, <laughs> they were just spectacular. You guys are going to see more women. Get used to it. I like that answer. I like the enthusiasm talking about the all-women's broadcast. That was certainly one of the highlights of this Raptors season. And and Sandra, I seriously appreciate your time today, but we are drawing to a close here. But before we sign off, my friend, I have some fun rapid-fire questions to send you on your way. Oh, no. Okay. So it wasn't all that long ago, but on March 10th, you tweeted, quote, if the Raptors are going to retire jerseys, I want there to be a high standard. And I'm sorry, Chris Bosh doesn't meet that standard. So I'm curious who you feel deserves to have their jersey retired at this time for the Raptors. And if you think the order of who gets in first even matters. Okay, so I don't. I think that it does matter. I think the first they put up in those rafters kind of sets a standard for who the rest of the players that are going to have their jerseys um, retired. Okay. Um, so I say Kyle Lowry goes first, then Vincent, right. and then I know it's controversial, but I think Kawhi Leonard's jersey goes up in the rafters. Thank you. And I get ripped on Twitter DeMar. for that take. <laughs> no, it has to, and I think. Right now, it's it's we're two years removed from the championship, so the the, the nostalgia hasn't kicked in quite yet. But give it a couple years. We haven't won a championship. We keep losing in the second round. People are gonna come around to to that uh, that opinion for sure. Why are people so against honoring Kawhi Leonard? He's the only Finals MVP for the only championship team we've ever had. I know he was here for one year, but. I mean, come on, he's a pretty big deal. I agree, but I think I also understand the other side of it. It, it kind of just really hurts. It's like, why did does. you leave us? You know, why? Why <laughs> did you leave us? We have that We have that mindset for pretty much anybody who leaves in free agencies. Like, Toronto is awesome. Why would anyone want to leave? Exactly. So I used to pride myself on being a television junkie, but have fallen behind on so many great shows. I'm always looking for recommendations and would love to know what you found yourself binge watching as of late. The Boys. I know I'm late. I'm super late, but I've been watching The Boys and I absolutely love it. And I don't know why it took me so long to to watch it. So go watch The Boys. What is The Boys about? I'm one of maybe the few people who have never seen an episode. So essentially it's, um, I guess they're based in, I don't know where they're based in. I guess the US. And um, there are all these superheroes like superhumans that um, protect the citizens and they're like super famous and it, pretty much there's like a whole conglomerate behind their image so they do movies and they you know everything is kind of marketed around these superheroes and i'm only two episodes in but uh-huh. i don't want to tell you what happens um but somebody <laughs> somebody the main characters somebody they know gets killed by one of these superheroes and he's very upset about it because it's it's always covered up when the superheroes do something wrong because they're, mm-hmm. they're such a big part of the society and they have such a positive image and the media's kind of PR is kind of twisted around um, their image so so you know they offer him like a settlement to kind of not speak on it and 
things start spiraling from there. But it's really, really interesting. It's like an adult Misfits. If you ever watched Misfits, it's like... I did watch The Misfits. I love The Misfits. I love that show. It's like one of my favorites. Um, But it's really good. I've been enjoying The Boys. You should watch it. Underrated theme song, The Misfits. I I, I dig that. The superhero take with the the kids that were in the orange jumpsuits and whatnot. Yes. Underrated program. Thank you for bringing that up. You might be the first person to say Misfits on this show. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) And in your Dishes and Dimes profile as well, one of your dislikes is bad reality television. So, Sam Andy, let the listeners know of some of the worst reality TV programs you've seen and why they should avoid them. It's actually the opposite. I love reality, bad reality television. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, like, that's, like, my guilty pleasure. Like, I really love bad reality television. It makes me feel better about my life and my choices. And... (laughs) I just feel like everybody should watch reality television because, you know, people just put their lives out there when they really shouldn't and we get to watch it and it's great. So I would say the shows that I, a show that's absolutely horrible, but I absolutely love is Temptation Island. You should probably avoid it (laughs) because it's one of those shows where there's no reason if you're in a relationship, a committed relationship, to go on the show. Because essentially they have singles on the show um, that are there to break up your relationship. Um, so if you intentionally go there, I'm assuming you wanted to find a way to break up with your significant other. Yeah. And then couldn't <laughs> tell them. So you decided to go on the show. But it's great television. So Temptation. Okay, I'll maybe I'll give it a chance one of these days. Have you have you watched The Circle by any chance? I have not. I have not. And I, I, I have to go and uh, catch up. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to catch up soon so I can uh, be on Twitter threading. Exactly. It's basically Twitter in a nutshell. It's just DMs all day, emojis. You know, it it seems very annoying in concept, but there's a lot of catfishing. And so I'm I'm very into that show right now. Two seasons deep. I think that's the only two seasons that there's been. There's there's other versions in different countries. But if you're into bad reality television, I will suggest to you The Circle. Okay, got it. I'm going to catch up on The Circle for sure. Sandra, does Usher not get enough respect for the music he made in the early 2000s? He does not. I'm going to scream this from the rooftops. Usher is, he, he was like the Beyonce of the early 2000s. Right, like he was huge. He got the, the MJ co-sign. The Confessions album is one of the biggest albums that were out there. One of the last, uh, like, true R&B albums that really, really kind of took over. I don't think he gets enough respect for the music that he put out in the early 2000s and over the course of his career. Um, I think. Part of the reason why people have lost respect for Usher, don't realize the dominance he had, is because he stuck to kind of, he, he changed up his music, he did the EDM kind of vibe for a bit there, lost some of his fans, and then tried to come back to traditional R&B, and you know, this generation's kind of moved past that. But I do right. think that we should respect Usher Raymond. Okay, I'm his one of his biggest fans, uh, and I thank you for bringing him up so I could speak on it. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, give me three songs that you think would convert any non-believer into an Usher fan. Ooh, okay. So I'm a big 8701 
fan. Um, but I would have to stick with the Confessions album. Um, Can You Handle It is one of my favorites. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. I guess, yeah, because it was, I don't think you can, like, even if you go to a club now, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna hear that track. Yes. Um, or yeah. <laughs> or yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think of the third. I want to say seduction. No, That's no, no, no. Superstar. 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 Okay. Superstar. Superstar. <laughs> yes. This is a very important question. You got to get your tracks right here. <laughs> yeah. Have to think about that. So Sandra, talk to me about your experience of learning to drive a car because you were driving a oh, manual goodness. vehicle around a parking lot late last month. Are you getting more and more comfortable behind the wheel? So I've been kind of lax on my driving um, lessons, um, but I'm going to restart this <laughs> this weekend, um, and I'll let y'all know how it's how it's going. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep learning though, I promise. I'm gonna be a driver soon. I have a recurring tweet during halftime of Raptors games where I shout out other Twitter accounts every so often. So, with the exception of your Dishes and Dimes co-hosts, give me one or two handles on Twitter that you think deserve more love. Okay, I can do this. Um, first of all, Nikias, Nikias NBA. Um, yes. great, great, great basketball writer, super, super great friend of mine. And, uh, he's, he's just great. Like if you want to learn more about the game, just like the intricacies of basketball, I think he's great to follow. He's, he's a great writer. He really makes things super simple and interesting and easy to digest, um, when you're trying to learn about basketball. So I think he's a great follow. Everybody follow Nikias. Um, and then somebody else, I'm trying to think, there's someone that I do have here. But I'm trying to make sure I get his um at right because he keeps getting um suspended, so I have to. Oh really? Oh, that's a ringing endorsement right there. <laughs> so his, he's never his, around. He's never around. Um, but he's a great like he's a hilarious follow. I should say that. Um, his at is Rockley Reese. Um, we've had him on the pod. He's a great friend of ours. Um, and he's just really like if you're into like really like kind of risque kind of like opinions that everybody's gonna like but absolutely hilarious type follows um okay he's, he's the dude for you like he'll crack you up you might not retweet it because you might not want it on your timeline but you're gonna have a <laughs> you're gonna have a chuckle so i uh shout out to him love him um he's he's great peoples and his timeline's hilarious sandy rank your dishes and dimes co-hosts katie oh. amon kelsey oh. Noor, sidra oh. and yasmin no. in terms of who you would want alongside you in a zombie apocalypse? Zombie, okay. Uh, oh, okay. I thought you were saying just rank them in general. I'm no, like, I'm not that, that mean. You okay. can't do that. <laughs> okay, so in a zombie. Okay, so it would be Kelsey first. Okay, why Kelsey? Okay, so Kelsey's just she always has everything under control. She, you know, she has that mom thing under lot. I'm petrified. I. I would honestly, I would not suggest anybody coming with me during like a zombie a cop a, 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 during <laughs> any kind of attack from a zombie. You're going to die because I'm going to be in a corner. I'm not going to move. I'm just <laughs> going to do my prayers and you know wait for my time to come. So I'm not the one. But I do think that Kelsey would be great at organizing things and you know getting us moving and just being very like okay, this is what we're going to do. 
and this is how we're going to execute it. Um, so Kelsey would be first. You don't even have to do the rest of the rankings. How about tell mm -hmm. me who would be dead last? Who, who, who would be dead last in the listings of who I would choose? Yeah, who do you not want to be in a zombie apocalypse okay, with? Sidra. Sidra. <laughs> yes, because she would she would make everything hilarious and like, and that's great. But then we're not focused on the fact that we're gonna die. So then we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna die. So that's like she would not take anything seriously. She would not. Your priorities would be so out of whack. You'd be too busy laughing up a storm that you would just draw in the zombies towards you. Exactly. You got it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, Sandra, tell me how you really feel about Ontario Premier Doug Ford. Can I swear? I can't swear. Uh, okay. Sure you can. I can't. He's a fucking idiot. He's <laughs> a fucking idiot. Like, I just want to live my life. You've had over a year to figure this shit out and we're still in fucking lockdown. America has all their vaccines. Like, it's enough. And I think now he's just trying to make it sound like the Pfizer like vaccine is not completely it's not like um it's it's not like a great vaccine or whatever in the percentage of you know like I don't I, I, I just read a tweet. I don't even know. I didn't even finish the tweet. I'm just I, I just feel like he's trying to find an excuse for us to blame the federal government as opposed to just blaming his rollout. I've been trying to like get a vaccine, the first dose, for like like a week. Every time I try to sign in, all the right. like appointments are taken up. It's absolutely ridiculous. This rollout is horrible, um, and I'm disappointed because I really wanted a summer, and I don't know that I'm gonna get a summer. And we only have two months of like warm weather in Toronto, so I can't do another winter without having experienced the mm -hmm. Toronto summer. Well, uh, that's I guess there is no better way to end this podcast than a little hate towards Doug Ford, one of the most disliked men in the entire province, if not the most disliked man. But Sandra, I seriously want to thank you once again for, for joining me today on the Walder Sportscast. I greatly appreciate your time. I'm such a fan of the Dishes and Dimes podcast, and I seriously can't wait to see what's next for you ladies. But for now, though, let the listeners know where they can find you on the web. So if you happen to want to follow me, I don't know why, uh, Twitter, Sandy Side Up, Dishes and Dimes, Dish Dimes Pod. And then um, if you really are about it, we're also on TikTok at Dish Dishes Dimes Pod. Yeah, come come on this journey with us. Uh, super excited. Sandy, all the best. Thanks again for doing this. Thank you so much, Chris. Really appreciate it. And that was my interview with Sandra Apia. Go follow her on Twitter at Sandy Side Up. I really enjoyed that talk, and Lord knows from anyone who's seen my tweets, a little Doug Ford hate goes a long way these days. But all in all, a fantastic interview. The ladies of Dishes and Dimes are, are truly amazing. They deserve all of the success in the world, and the future is incredibly bright for them. This has been episode 39 of the Walder Sportscast. Please leave a rating and review if you like what you heard today. And check out the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitch, or Google Podbean, or wherever it is that you download your shows. And be sure to use the promo code WALDER over at manscaped.com to save 20% and get free shipping on your next order. That's code WALDER at manscaped.com. For now, though, that's another one in the books. So as always, I'll see you on the next episode.
Thank you for listening to the Walder Sportscast. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes and follow Chris on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports.